It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go off and running on this, goodness gracious, fourth day of October 2023. This is the horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it happens to be when you're listening to the podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you'd be so kind to uh, like and subscribe and uh, like every episode, subscribe to it, leave a comment for the algorithms, share it with your friends and neighbors, tell folks what's going on here. That's how we uh, let people know what... What an amazing little thing uh, this community is. But at any rate, if you are listening live, and I'm glad you are, well, and you happen to run over to HeadOn.Live, you will be greeted by the early arrivers to the chat room, and that would be Theo and Squeaky and Anatole, capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician and Bud Trimmer Emeritus Roger in Oregon. Hey y'all. Hi, I'm Robin, and it is prayer meeting Wednesday. On the horn, the little old blue-haired ladies and little old blue-haired men and little old blue-haired non-binaries. You know the thing is though, uh, the the little old blue-haired non-binaries. Some of those are are, are younger members of the Fellowship Hall staff. It's just that blue hair is popular now. Among the older set, it's just what you got to keep the brassiness out of the white hair. But, uh, well, they've been working hard today. They put together, uh, uh, they roasted a brisket and chopped it up and built a beautiful, beautiful sauce around it with noodles and made homemade beef stroganoff, uh, mushrooms in there and onions and all kinds of yummy stuff and 
along alongside of it, they put together a green salad with multiple forms, multiple kinds of dressing. I highly recommend the homemade blue cheese and the homemade ranch myself. The, and the you know the homemade vinaigrette ain't shabby either. We don't buy we don't buy that bottled stuff. You know we 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 like our salad dressing untaxed. You understand? Um, and uh, out of the oven came a a and well there were there were home baked rolls of course. And out of the oven came a, a pan after pan after pan of homemade fudge brownies, all topped with uh, the warm brownies topped with vanilla ice cream. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think the deacons will be able to rumble and stumble and bumble, frankly, uh, because they gorged themselves as deacons will. And then they went lumbering up the couple of flights of stairs out to the parking lot, where, where uh, up until just moments ago they were smoking with the sisters, uh, the sinners, and the sisters, the sinners and the sisters, and yeah, hey, you got a lot. And, and, and chain smoke and cigarettes and lighting them one off of the one off of the one before. But a quick crackle of the horn solar powered cattle prod got their attention and they did get moving and not as fast as usual. But they came on past me here in my uh, in my, uh, uh, my my cathedral of common sense transvestments. That was a new one, and. Uh, Went on past that desiccating bowl of butter mints and grabbed them a couple of shots of hand sanitizer and chugged those things real quick. Uh, oh well, there's Ralphs. Okay, I didn't mean to miss you again. You just weren't you weren't there when I said hi to the gang in the room. But there was Ralphs. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to miss you. Uh, hey, Ralphs. But they came on down the center aisle and they're waiting down here. They've got their heavy brass-bound, burgundy, blood-velvet-lined collection plates in hand. Got a little PayPal button at the bottom. And they're getting ready to uh, move about the crowd as we as we prepare for the offertory hymn. Yes. And uh, a word of thanks for those who have already, as subscribers... Uh, added their voices to this this prayer meeting Wednesday offertory. So thank you to Charles, and thank you to Kim and Malin in New Jersey. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you to Paul. Thank you all uh, for participating in this Cathedral of Common Sense prayer meeting Wednesday. And so as the offertory hymn plays... The deacons will move about row by row, pew by pew, and you know, just take the take the plate, push the button, pass it, and move it on as we call upon the minister of music to step forward and lead us in the offertory hymn. Uh, sibling minister of music, please. And he said, "It's time for you to leave behind the things of this world, the fine houses." the fancy cars, the flashy clothes, because we are all naked in the eyes of the Lord. Stop! This man is clinically insane. Ladies and gentlemen, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let me hear you say, Amen. Amen. Let me hear you say, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me hear you say, I will 
will empty the contents of my wallet into that little collection plate when it comes around. And it's all tax-free. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord for all the cash I've got. Praising for my Rolls Royce and my yacht. Serving God ain't hard with a credit card. Jesus died so I could make a lot. Praise the Lord, He's made us millionaires. Wave your donations in the air. We've replaced our hymns with ATMs. And soon we'll charge a fee on every prayer. Jesus Christ was a poor man, don't you know? He should have used our accountants for his cash flow. Stop the Sermon on the Mount, he should have had a bank account. Two thousand years with interest, he'd be rolling in the dough. Praise the Lord, this song's out on CD, just forty ninety-five plus GST. Hallelujah, plenty of moolah, solid gold baubles on my Christmas tree. I've got all of heaven's riches, thanks to all you stupid bitches. Praise the Lord for modern Christianity. Whoever said religion should be free? Hello, ooh, ting, tang, wall, wall, bing, bang. I love you. Welcome, welcome, brethren and sisters and nibblings, to prayer meeting Wednesday on the horn. I'm calling on you now. Stand up, stand up. Get the blood flow going. Amen. Scrunching, 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 waddling, wiggling, woggle, and come on out from betwixt the pews without pewing on anybody in particular and come on down that blood red aisle and fall fall upon your knees at the altar lay in your hands whoa glory upon the subwoofer and feel the healing rays of common sense are flowing through you who from the server on high i am arch pope uber rabbi ultimate imam animated animist antagonized agnostic Abbreviated Abbas, Naughty Nun, Maximum Metropolitan, Vicarious Vicar, did I do that part? Robin Rocks, Kincaid, and it is Prayer Meeting Wednesday, on the horn, amen, and amen, and amen. And brethren and sisters, the deacons are still, they're, they're still circulating, and hopefully we will take some portion of their... Evening's fundraising goal out uh, along the way. It is, you know, it was nice not to have, have to fundraise yesterday because we finished Bruce and Karen's memorial challenge, and well, that made it possible for us to go through a very ha uh, historic program without having to interrupt it and talk about raising money. And that was a secular blessing. It was. It was. Amen. But uh, we've got 300 bucks to raise, just like we try to do every day, and hopefully we'll knock some of that out so that we won't be at 600 tomorrow. But, brethren and sisters, I thought we might take a moment here before we get into the meat and potatoes 
of uh, the news of the day and take uh, take a look at some of the goings on and doings in uh, the religious in, in, in the religion industry community. You might be surprised, but it turns out that some of these uh, evangelicals uh, have a, well, they have a um, secular, have a secular streak. Like, for instance, uh, and and uh, I think I mentioned this, a, 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 a an outfit called Active Club. I hadn't heard of this outfit until recently, but well, they sell they sell exercise gear with white supremacist, white nationalist, you know, Nazi stuff all over them. And uh, they've got a, they've got gyms and whatnot. One of the most prominent cells in the active club scene is the Tennessee Active Club. They uh, they get together and work out above the Lewis Country Store in Nashville, Tennessee. And the owner of the store is a guy named Brad Lewis. Of course his name is Brad. And when uh, word came out that he was hosting a bunch of white supremacist uh, aerobics and Pilates and weightlifting and whatnot, he said, well, I'm not a conservative. I'm an actual literal Nazi. And uh, along the way, Active Club is behind an alderman for Franklin, Tennessee, by the name of Gabrielle Hansen. She's supported by the Brown Skirts, you know. Moms for Liberty. Set Liberty. Set. Woo. And in good brown skirt fashion, well, uh, in, in good brown shirt and brown skirt fashion, Active Club has been acting as security for the aforementioned um, white power Gen Z Barbie. Gabrielle Hansen? Excuse me. Too much communion one. Who knew that Nazis would have a taste for working out? Yeah. She was, uh, uh, Gabrielle Hansen, 
Prussian Barbie achieved a bit of notoriety earlier this year when she tried to stop uh, pride in Williamson County, Tennessee, wherein Franklin is located. Ironically, there was a fierce battle in 1864, I believe it was, in Franklin, in which people just like Gabrielle Hansen and the Moms for Liberty, brown skirts, had to have some sense shot into them by the uh, Grand Army of the Republic. Yeah, uh, they're barking and grunting that Pride is a social change agenda, seeking the destruction of family, Christianity, and America itself. Uh, this is the same, in case you don't remember, this is the same Moms for Liberty cha- uh, chapter that got all kinds of head up a year or so ago over a curriculum for little kids like kindergartner, first graders, second graders. A curriculum that featured a book full of pretty little watercolor paintings that included seahorses because, of course, the moms for Liberty began immediately barking and shrieking and grunting and bleeding. The seahorses are trans-homosexuals! Oh, and by the way, because the Venn diagram is just a circle, they're also deeply, deeply, deeply upset about teaching kids about the civil rights movement. All right. And there's always overlap. Moms for Liberty, uh, a woman named Robin Steenland heads it. Change your name. And she also runs Williamson Families Pack. And that, uh, and and they say they spend their money to to uh, front candidates quote that reflect our family values and demonstrate integrity, wisdom, and service to the community. And also endorsed Gabrielle Hansen. Who it turns out is a liar, according to uh, News Channel 5 in Nash Vegas. Because she was using uh, the social media posts of various women to say that they were supporters of her campaign. That was a lie. And then she lied about lying. And then she lied about her previous use of an alias. The the brown skirts even went so far as to try to prevent Gabrielle Hansen, uh, to prevent a reporter named Phil Williams from attending a candidate forum on September 25th that Gabrielle Hansen attended. This Gabrielle Hansen monstrosity 
is your typical maggot. She said she had full knowledge from an inside source that the shooting at the Nashville Christian School last year was part of a love triangle. And she stood by it even when she was noted for having born false witness, if we're going to use some biblical language. She said that she warned the police before the Covenant School shooting. And that turned out to be a demonstrable lie with video evidence to back it up. She said, the Wednesday before that shooting was when the police came to my house to register the report for the phone calls and the death threats. I looked at that officer and I said, I'm telling you right now, I have zero, zero basis for what I'm about to tell you other than my gut. Nobody's tipped me off. Nobody said anything. But my gut is telling me there's going to be an active shooter. I felt it. I just felt it. Don't ask me how. It could be a Holy Spirit thing, but I felt an active shooter coming. So the TV station, doing some actual, no kidding, honest to goodness, journalism, uh, asked for the officer's body cam video. And uh, there's nothing there. Except Gabrielle Hansen, Nazi adjacent, played a voicemail for the cops from somebody who said her name was Brooke and said, you're pathetic and you're filled with hate. We will make sure everyone remembers your name. Have a lovely day. Give me a call back. God bless. And the officer just kind of laughs it off. But she never says anything about her gut telling her that there's a uh, that there's a school shooting coming. The denizens, I mean citizens of Franklin, Tennessee, will go to the polls and vote in the mayoral election on October 24th. I mentioned this entire story simply because early voting began in Franklin, Tennessee. Ah, today. That's Franklin, Tennessee. It, it's a little upsetting. Um, if I ever get to go and get checked out, checked up, you know, with the two-year mark for my, with my surgeon again, I actually have to go to Franklin, Tennessee, and this is something that's a little bit less than inspiring. And then there's a guy that we've talked about before. His name is Stupiters. S-T-E-W-P-E-T-E-R-S. Stupiters. And he claims to be a good, God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual, Christian, Republican. 
and his shtick, and it's a it's, it's a good dollar over in Maggot Land, is uh, more sedition. Not other things. He's taken part in things called Reawaken America, uh, which have been attended by uh, members of Tangerine Tiberius's repulsive family. And now Stupiders is calling for big surprise. I know. Oh, by the way, in answer to a question coming from Tom in Sunny San Rafael, uh, those deacons out there smoking with the sinners and the sisters, does that include the sinning sisters? All the sisters are sinning. I mean, come on. Out there wearing pants and smoking cigarettes and counting flowers on the wall, playing solitaire with a deck of 51. But the funny thing, uh, you know, the, the stupiders of the world, they put their filth out there because they know that the United States of America has a lot more people in it who support their filth than most of the decent, normal, normal's only a setting on a dryer, normal people think even exist, and they go through their normal day-to-day lives thinking, oh, no, this is fine, until it isn't. No, we really will. We'll get on to the matters of the Congress and whatnot in fairly short order. But I think it's beneficial to hear from people like this guy. Very much so. And, you know, trigger warning. I think that these people need to be replaced. Trigger warning. Uh, There's going to be a lot of talk in here talking about wanting certain people to be dead, maybe. And it may be troubling. So, hands up. I think that these people need to be replaced. Uh, they, they need to be replaced, but by means of elections is not going to happen. So what we need to do is what the Constitution directs us to do, which is to abolish and tear down and dismantle a government that has become rogue and oppressive to our individual God-given inherent rights. Uh, and then we need to replace it with a form of government that's representative of the people. And if we do that, there will be no such thing as affirmative action. There will be no such thing as a Vima, Ramalama, deep state, uh, fake candidacy. None of this would be – none of this – Song and and pony show dance fake circus nonsense would even be in existence because the people that are perpetuating this and have openly declared war on the American people would be held to extreme accountability, and they would be gone, uh, and and then we would have a government that was as our you know founding fathers intended for it to be, or as the Constitution lays out for it to be, or the Bill of Rights or the Declaration. This is what we need to focus on is what is the mechanism for actually abolishing this government who is standing by murdering people, sending hundreds of billions of dollars to shithole countries that matter not to our national security or sovereignty, whose military has failed its one absolute core duty to protect the borders of our country while we go over and send tanks. This is a war now. We're sending tanks over here. Our tanks are on the ground in Ukraine. Why? Congress hasn't declared war. They control the purse strings for war. We have a Republican-controlled majority in Congress, but yet they're still funding this stupid war, this fake war. 
Uh, people are dying. It's a meat grinder over there. Innocent Ukrainians are being slaughtered uh, because they're ethnic Russians and because they, you know, mass graves in the Donbass, all under this Zelensky who are seeing... Uh, wait, wait, okay. Uh, it's the Ukro-Nazis. Innocent Ukrainians being slaughtered because they're ethnic Russians. Not innocent Ukrainians being slaughtered because they're Ukrainians being being slaughtered by, you know, Pooty's murderous thugs and dead enders and hard cases and you know. no. See, that's what a Nazi does. A Nazi like stupider. They take a basic fact: people, innocent people, are being slaughtered in Ukraine, and they turn it on its head. Most people don't think about it, but in September 1939, when uh, German tanks rolled across the Polish frontier and Stuka dive bombers filled the skies, it was under the pretext that the Poles had attacked a German radio installation. This, of course, never happened. But that never stops a Nazi from lying, you see. And by the way, just adding on to the burden of uh, stupider's stupidity, Steve points out, actually, the Constitution doesn't say anything about abolishing a government. No, not a word. I, I mean, I noticed that, too. That's the Declaration of Independence, but don't tell this nutball that. Yeah, there's a lot of things we don't want to be telling stupider. Like the fact that the Declaration of Independence contains not one word of American law. Or the fact that the Declaration of Independence was in fact a propaganda document. Now that's not to say it's a bad thing. It's just a propaganda document. It, it's a mission statement and, and, and corporate mission statements are propaganda documents. We attach a pejorative uh, sense to the idea of propaganda, but the good side does propaganda and the bad side does too. These people are horrid. And they are horribly dumb. This isn't a case of them keep uh, you know, not smartening up the chumps who are tuning them in. This is them not knowing to, to begin with. There's Stupider sitting there in his three-piece windowpane check suit and his little high and tight Nazi haircut talking about making people disappear. One of the things that I fear, I actually sit around worrying about this because I sit around worrying about things. One of the things I fear is that they're, these fuckers are going to push somebody too far. And somebody's going to deal with them with the extreme prejudice. And then the blood will flow like a river. You remember when 
what was it, a couple of, three maybe weeks ago, uh, pastor, brother, minister, former Arkansas governor, former presidential candidate, and uh, phony baloney diabetes cure salesman Mike Huxterby was talking to his uh, geriatric audience, telling them that if Donald Trump isn't president again in 2024, that that will be the last free election we have. It'll be the last election decided by ballots instead of bullets. Well, this stupider's fucker is um, another of those proponents of civil war, which, of course, all of these assholes see as a race war. Ah, God. Uh, Steve says the Declaration of Independence may not be part of the Constitution, but it is a part of the. It may not be. It may not be part of the Constitution, but it is a part of the Constitution. It's in the Constitution. That point taken. I wish you weren't right. CIA propped up after effecting a coup there in 2014, just like they practiced to effect here in 2020. Uh, we, we rioted $12 billion in damage across this country over the summer of 2020, the summer of love, during a three-month period, over a career criminal home-invading parasitic thug called George Floyd, who overdosed on fentanyl right down the street, and then they go throw Derek Chauvin in prison for decades for performing a maneuver that was taught to him as an approved maneuver by the Minneapolis Police Department. It's all fake. It's all rigged. It's all set up. It's part of a Marxist coup. It's the ushering in of an authoritarian, oppressive, one-world government, and the only thing stopping them from completing it is 450 million guns in this country. So now we just need to talk about what to do with those guns and how to use them. That's my... Well, there's, there's our First Amendment for us. Because he has the freedom of speech to say that the only thing... The only thing stopping something that isn't happen is, happening is 450 million guns... And he assumes that all 450 million are owned by his side. And that somehow or another, we are kept cowed from creating, I'm not sure what. Ukro-Nazi fascist communism in America. Yeah, I don't know. This is a murderous bastard. I've been thinking, you know, yesterday I referred to Matt Gates as a Gulf Coast uh, Catiline. Catiline, of course, being the still to this day infamous Roman patrician who, at least according to Cicero, tried to overthrow the Republic and set himself up as a dictator. The proof is a little sketchy. But to be a Catiline is to this day... Oh, God, I did it. I thought about Rome, didn't I? <sighs> Robin. I, but to be a Catiline is to be a... Um, betrayer of one's... homeland. One's country, in Latin, one's patria, which, is, which 
translates directly into German as Vaterland. Yeah. But this morning I, 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 I came up with another name for Matt Gates. And that is a redneck Riviera Robespierre. And all of these all of these fuckers who are, are hell bent on just burning it all down have forgotten the fates of people like Robespierre or Jean Paul Marat. Leaders of bloody uh, of a bloody revolution who came to a bloody end in their own right when their revolution grew beyond their control and they wound up getting getting eaten by it. Oh, this gets them all terribly excited. It's a beautiful thing. Now, this particular rant from stupiders. Well, he's. Uh, He was going off at that point in time about the continuing resolution that kept the government open. And I want to reiterate here what I said at the beginning of the program yesterday. Yesterday, what we thought we saw we did not see. Or what we saw was not necessarily what was really behind it. When... Patrick McHenry, who, from the looks of him, is a swirly looking for a toilet, a locker room looking for stuffing, or a locker looking for stuffing, when he banged that gavel, he sent the entire House of Representatives home for a week. And McHenry, of course, was a bosom buddy and chum of Craven McCarthy, no longer the squeaker of the house. Hi, Sylvie. And he uh, thereby frittered away two more of the 18 days that we calculated that the house will have to actually, A, pick a speaker, and B, pass another continuing resolution. They will shut down this country, this government. It is possible that the 17 Republicans who won in districts that Biden won, many of them in like Orange County, California, and New York State, out on Long Island and whatnot, It's possible that they might ally with the Democratic caucus to pass a continuing resolution. But they'll have to have the time in which to do it. And if if this, this gang of mutinous maggots gets their way, that time will not be forthcoming. 
They won't be able to do it because they won't be able to do it. I think that was the purpose all along. Uh, Flavio tells us, on this day in 1936, the working people of London's East End faced down and beat back Oswald Mosley's fascist black shirts. There's a plaque on Dock Street. From uh, courtesy of Tower Hamlet's Environment Trust. The Battle of Cable Street. People of East London uh, rallied to Cable Street on the 4th of October, 1936 and forced back the march of the fascist Oswald Mosley and his black shirts through the streets of the East End. They shall not pass. They were apparently led by Gandalf. And Oswald Mosley was a Balrog. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious, but... It was an indication that there were at least some people in the mid-30s in England who understood the threat of the fascists. You know, even if the fellas in the morning coats didn't. It's been a little bit since we heard about uh, anything from Nick Fuentes. He's a Nazi. Nick Fuentes is the Nazi who, uh, in addition, proclaims proudly that he has never been in contact with the body of a woman and that it is, in fact, gay for a man to even have sex or sexual contact with a woman. So, there, there we go. Well, Nick Fuentes has decided to split with one of the most Nazi-adjacent Nazi members of the House of Representatives since Steve King shuffled along, Steve Cantaloupe's King. I'm talking, of course, of Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert. And they were buddies, Paul Gosar and Nick Fuentes. Gosar went so far as to speak at the America First Political Action Conference in 2021 that was organized by Nick Fuentes and his brown shirts. And in fact, their friendship was so deep that one of uh, Fuentes' followers got himself a job in the congressional office of the demon dentist of the desert. Well, I guess, I guess the bromance is over. Because the demon dentist of the desert actually voted against uh, the decapitation of Craven McCarthy. And this was deeply upsetting to uh, Nick Fuentes, Nazi. 
because well the uh, the other side has their own sparkle fart propelled unicorn cavalry. Well, no, okay, uh, what would we say? Jackboot propelled unicorn cavalry purity patrol. Representative Paul Gosar, what's going on? He voted to keep McCarthy. And honestly, and I'll explain later tonight, we'll get into that, but I have to say, I no longer support Representative Gosar. As far as I'm concerned, I feel the same way about him as I do about Marjorie Greene. I think I'm done with him. And I think everybody that supports me and supports this movement should be done with him too. And Marge. This is this is a good sign because fascist movements, extremist movements, often fracture over issues of ideological purity. Because he's weak, he's been weak for a long time, and I sort of let it go for a while. Back in 2021, do you remember the White Boy Summer Road Trip? After January 6th, after I got put on the no-fly list... We had this white boy summer road trip. I think it was July, June and July 2021. And a lot of people didn't understand why I did that. You know, some thought that it was random or something. But the truth is this. Shortly after AFPAC 2, where Paul Gosar was the speaker, we raised... $30,000 for Paul Gosar. I don't know if you remember, but there, we did a show after AFPAC 2, which was sort of like our thank you for Gosar being there. And I said, you know, we're going to donate to Gosar's campaign. Everybody that watches the show, donate to Gosar's campaign. And somehow or another, he thinks that donating to Paul Gosar's campaign entitles him to become Paul Gosar's boss. Hmm. And we raised $30,000 in like 24 hours for Paul Gosar. They wanted to do another fundraiser with us because they said, wow, they spoke at AFPAC 2. Paul Gosar spoke at AFPAC 2. And then, although we got a lot of attacks in the media, they raised all this money, which is a very good day for them. So they said they wanted to do a fundraiser with me in Phoenix in the summer. And I said, well, that's a problem because I'm on the no-fly list. It'll take me 25 hours to get there. I'll have to drive. So I made a road trip out of it. That's a little hidden lore. Why did we do a road trip from Chicago to Phoenix, Arizona? Because we were invited to do a fundraiser with Representative Paul Gosar. But we had to keep it on the down low because, like with AFPAC 2, we didn't want it to get canceled. We didn't want people to catch wind of it because we knew that he would get a lot of pressure. And oh, Or that, you know, the venue would find out it was hosting Nazis and say, no, no, I don't think so. Why don't you, why don't you go have a party in a parking lot in front of a, well, in front of a dildo store? He might be forced to back out. Well... Paul Gosar did find out, or rather, I should say, Kevin McCarthy and the media found out about our fundraiser. Oops. And so I got in the, I rented a car, I got in the car, I drove across the country, I drove to Las Vegas. I was as far as Las Vegas, and the when fundraiser the was a few in. days away. 
and I get a call. I'm going to tell him about the bats. The poor fucker would see the figure those out soon enough. From Gosar's people, and they say, we're canceling the fundraiser because somebody slipped a paper under our desk today at the congressional office that said that they knew about the fundraiser and a threat was implied by Kevin McCarthy. So they canceled the fundraiser. All this time later, what do they do? They vote to keep McCarthy as a speaker. Fuck you. Read the book. And now you know the rest of the story. Uh, please go on, shatter some more. Because a lot of a lot of that's what went on. We, the Republican Party is in disarray. There's no, there's no getting around that. It's, uh, it's a mutiny, and again, uh, nobody has told Matt, human for uh, human face pressed against glass gates. It re- that. That description really works, Matt. No, nobody, nobody's ever reminded him of what happens to mutineers. I mean, even the mutiny, mutiny on the bounty, Mister Christian. Uh, those mutineers thought themselves successful, but they wound up isolated on Pitcairn Island. I think there are a few descendants of uh, Christian Fletcher remaining. Or Fletcher Christian. But for the most part, mutineers wind up getting hanged. In that most democratic age of uh, wooden ships and sails and whatnot, democracy was practiced among the people that were labeled by colonial governments to be pirates. The problem was that when one was democratically deposed as captain of the vessel, it well the retirement the, the retirement plan really didn't have much going for it because it wound up with you in a bag with a couple of ball, with a couple of cannonballs and over the side. And I have a feeling that if they could cobble together the votes. No small number of members of the House of Representatives would love to see the, the two-thirds of 438 necessary to eject him from the chamber. And he could sue till hell freezes over, but he wouldn't win because there's no, there, there, are no, there are no stipulations attached to that constitutional provision. If you've got two-thirds membership, you can throw anybody out you want. If you've got the votes of two-thirds of the membership of the House. Now, now, it's it's okay, Flavio. He's all gone now. Uh, Nick Fuentes, Flavio, says, Robin, spare us. That voice raises my blood pressure. Makes me want to smash his face in. I... 
voice or no voice, that's just how I feel about Nazis in general, Flavio. Although, thank you, Flavio. Flavio has awarded me a cowbell. Kind of a double ringy. For uh, Redneck Riviera Robespierre. And also, a head in search of a swirly is almost like Bachpfeifengeschicht, but more pronounceable. And by the way, I found, I, I'd long wondered if maybe that was some sort of internet lore kind of thing. It isn't. I follow a guy on Instagram who teaches fun words in German. And lo and behold, he up he posted something the other day uh, and said, Did you know that there is a German word? That means a person who is so who is so entirely loathsome that just seeing their face makes you want to punch them. And then said, and that word is Bachleifengeschicht. So it really is a thing. I, I, I saw another reel in which he explained. Uh, German ways of saying fuck you without saying fuck you. One, one, one of the polite forms being, would you please close the door from the outside? I love that. But Backpfeifengeschicht is real. So now, uh, having had our having had our fun with prayer meeting Wednesday, I guess it's time to get back to get back down to business. No sooner had the gag order been put in place against Nitwit Nero yesterday by Judge Arthur Ngoron in regard to posting email or, or speaking publicly about any of my staff. Nitwit Nero, because he always looks for the loophole, like that famous story of a sick and dying W.C. Fields sitting with a blanket on his lap on his front porch with a Bible in his hand. and I don't know if it was Randolph Scott or John Barrymore or who. Fields, you old atheist, what are you doing with the Bible? And Fields looks up over the top of his glasses and says, looking for a loophole. Well, anyway, judging Goron entered that gag order against all parties to the case. Uh, well, Nitwit Nero went after Letitia James. It's so unfair that I'm being tried under Section 6312 which is unconstitutionally being used to punish me 
because I am substantially leading Crooked Joe Biden in the polls. It is a consumer protection statute and not meant at all for election interference purposes, which is what this is all about. That doesn't even make sense. Uh, under under the most liberal and gentle interpretation of language, let alone law. No. Under this section of the law, I am not even entitled to a jury. There is no checking a box alternative. That's what Alina Havana 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 has told him. This was done by radical left Marxist design and is not the America we know. Make America great again. Of course, the funny things, uh, the law actually was passed at the request of a predecessor in office to Letitia James, a Republican by the name of Jacob Javits. So, the law's been around a while. It's probably passed constitutional muster on a number of occasions. But he's going to push... He's he's going to he's going to he's going to push the envelope until he breaks it because he wants to break it, but he wants to do so in such a fashion that he will uh, he'll be able to claim persecution. I think everybody is smarter than him, but then there's the fact that there is apparently. A growing groundswell of something resembling support for making Julius Geezer the Speaker of the House. Naturally, Marginal Trailer Queen went on Real America's Voice and told David Brody who she wants the Speaker to be. Do that, Congresswoman. Uh, have you spoken to President Trump about your uh, very public sort of nomination of him? I, I think they've let him know. I'm sure I'll be talking with him today. But here's the deal: now that we have an opportunity to elect a new speaker, I'm going to force Washington to realize and remember that the American people support President Trump. He is winning the primary overwhelmingly. No one's even close to him. He's also beating Joe Biden in poll after poll. And he has a proven four-year record as president of having the greatest policies in my lifetime. We want him back as president, so why not make him Speaker of the House, even if it's an interim speaker, while we work to find another speaker? Um, I think the House should support it. I think every Republican should support President Trump because he has supported them. President Trump endorses more Republican candidates across the country than anyone else, and his endorsements win, and they work. So I'm going to force anyone that wants to run for speaker, the only way to earn my vote is to beat President Trump and match his policies. I have a record that stands, David. I don't have to defend myself. People need to look at the facts for who I am and my actions, not my words. I'm not willing to throw red meat out, fake red meat, that's like red meat grown in a Petri dish like Bill Gates' red meat. I'm going to do my job for the people that elected me and for my... Uh, that would be a peach tree dish, remember? 
constituents. But I also support President Trump unapologetically, and I will never back down from supporting him and his policies. Mm -hmm. And that's why sure. everyone needs to recognize, hold on, let me finish. The eight Republicans that joined all the Democrats in the House last night to throw out Kevin McCarthy don't have a plan. They don't have a speaker. So today, everyone only knows that Kevin McCarthy is no longer speaker, but they've completely ignored the fact that Hunter Biden was arrested yesterday. A Democrat congressman. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. And got carjacked in Washington, D.C. And the Department of Justice doesn't persecute, doesn't prosecute crime. They only prosecute January 6th defendants. And we still mm -hmm. have a wide open border and we are on the verge of World War III in Ukraine. In the House, mm -hmm. we only control, barely control one third of the federal government. I want to address that for just a second because I have been thinking about it. The maggots have been screaming, yeah, Biden's starting World War III. How? No. How? No. Actually, the people supporting Ukraine are trying to prevent World War III. Because there is no doubt whatsoever about the intentions of Vlad Putin. Confining that conflict to Ukraine and helping Ukraine drive Russian troops out of Ukraine entirely back to the, before, uh, the borders before the Russian invasion of 2014 has the power to prevent that. But if Putin, and, and uh, I recognize this, and uh, I think a lot of other people do, the, 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 the brass at the Pentagon certainly does, members of Congress who are Democrats do, even some Republicans. Ukraine is not a member of NATO. So it's true that we have no moral obligation to support them. We certainly have no legal or treaty obligation to fight for them, and we are not. Neither is any other NATO nation. But if Vlad Putin overruns Ukraine and sets foot in Finland, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Poland... Well, then the North Atlantic Treaty kicks in and we have boots on the ground in that war. And contrary to the idiocy that vomits forth from the mouth of marginal trailer queen, then we are in World War Three. which is actually what these miserable assholes want. Because for all of their America First rhetoric, they seek to bring down the republic. Remember, please, that in the after... There she goes. In the aftermath of the Peloponnesian War, the Athenian democracy died. Instead, it had a caretaker government set up for it 
by Sparta that was made up of Athenian, what we would recognize as right-wing oligarchs. And there were then brutal and bloody purges. And the debate that had taken place under Athenian democracy was suddenly death to utter. And civil war broke out in the Athenian city-state and the the city-states surrounding. No, it's not it's not it's not a one-to-one analog. But it is a reminder of the extreme fragility of democracies and the fact that democracies tend to be their own worst enemies when they insist upon their democratic principles mollycoddling seditious behavior. Barely. And the House of Representatives is not a red state like Florida where you are at. It is a purple state where it is very difficult to accomplish anything conservative. Mm -hmm. So I think people also that are cheering for this today need to realize the dangerous situation we are in as a country and that now we don't have a Republican speaker. While we have the most corrupt president in United States history, and I introduced articles of impeachment on him on his first day in office, David, and everyone knows it. I've also introduced articles of impeachment against Mayorkas, Garland, Ray and Graves, who's yep. prosecuting January 6th defendants. Do that. Uh, yes, yes. I mean, she, uh, she's running out of people to introduce articles of impeachment on. No articles of impeachment yet on the most crooked man ever to sit on the Supreme Court of the United States, however. You know, Clarence Pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas. Oh, hell no, no, no. Suman, I'm happy to help. What the heck is Bill Gates' red meat? Please enlighten me. It sounds like the name of a porn movie that she recently watched. Watched? She starred in it. No. It's laboratory meat. Meat grown in a peach tree dish. Because there is a move afoot on a starving planet to make meat out of things that aren't animals. Consider that meatless alternative burger at uh, Burger King. Unpaid product placement. And uh, Stephen New York and I were discussing via message earlier today, would the speech and debate clause apply to uh, Nitwit Nero or he to become speaker? And the answer is yes. And so in theory, if he were to be speaker, he could violate any gag order entered against him and claim immunity under the speech and debate clause. I wonder I wonder what the Republican House would do under his leadership because there are things he wants to they that they want to get done. Some of the people who voted for the continuing resolution 
actually would have liked to have seen some Ukraine money in there. And they voted for that. Some of them voted for that continuing resolution, hoping that something could be hammered out in 45 days. Even though they understood that it only meant 18 days. Some. Not all, by any stretch of the imagination. But you know you're through the looking glass and down the rabbit hole when Marginal Trailer Green is running around speak, speaking of her, other, her colleagues there saying that she's the realistic person. As far as I'm concerned, that entire House majority is the kids eating paint chips caucus. But over at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda today, um, Redneck Riviera Robespierre came in for some pretty harsh criticism on their outnumbered program, which they sort of set up as an alternative to the view. And I just want to say one thing uh, about Matt Gates. You compared him to Ross Perot, and shame on you. You should not throw Ross Perot Fair in point. the sewage lagoon with Matt Gates. I would compare him to that toddler that we've all seen at the family barbecue, eating toilet paper, what? Shoving, shoving Cheerios up his nose to get attention, because yeah. that's what Matt Gates did yesterday, Whoa. sidling up with all those Democrats. Well, I didn't go to that barbecue. You see, it's the saddling up with all those Democrats part that sends that gang up a tree. And, you know, look, Democrats had a reason for what they did. Based on his, based on Craven's statements, based on what he had done with the uh, with the uh, Debt ceiling agreement that is violated no sooner than the before the ink was even dry. They had they had no rational good faith reason for thinking that any agreement he struck with them they would stick to. Up to and including the continuing resolution. So we get chaos. And we get two candidates for the speakership. Maybe you've seen this earlier in the day. Uh, yeah. The two candidates for speaker thus far announced are Jim Jacketoff Jordan and... Steve Scalise, the man so dumb he could be shot up by semi-automatic weapons fire and still be unable to recognize that maybe it's not a great idea for civilians to have access to weapons that are generally only issued to people who are going into battle. 
because the military version of the AR-15 on military bases, those are those are kept locked up in the armory, armory with the exception of security personnel. Even trained soldiers aren't allowed access to them unless they are going into battle. That's how dumb Steve Scalise is. There will be some testing of the waters going forward. And they'll say that, you know, Scalise and Jacketoff Jordan will take a look. And and everybody else will take a look, too. And, oh, who knows? Uh, Maybe Chip Roy of Dribbling Dick, Texas will throw his stinky, skanky hat into the ring. Maybe George Anthony uh, uh, Santos de Volder Tsar Philip the Great will decide he wants to be speaker as a means of trying to forestall it's anything is possible and more than just marginal trailer queen uh, have said well, I think we ought to have Trump as speaker this wasn't so terrifying, it would be absolute must-see TV. Then there's Nancy Mace. Remember, she's a reasonable Republican because she thinks that it's okay for uh, uh, women to take the slut pill and that maybe, uh, uh, maybe, just maybe, an absolute ban on a woman's right to control the workings of her own reproductive system it might not be such a great idea for the Republicans going forward. Well, she was she was right there alongside uh, Redneck Riviera Robespierre. I am. I'm proud of that. Thank you for the cowbell, Claudia. And uh, she went on the war room. To talk to the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells and explain what a bold, the bold and brave decision she had taken. Of course, she had to sit there right next to the forehead placed up, placed up against glass. You also said something quite important that you're in a swing to a purple district. I am. But these people are fiscally quite conservative. No yes. matter what some of even their social or cultural leanings are, they're. Do you believe you represented their interest yesterday in that vote? I do. I do. And it's a very fiscally conservative district. It's socially sensible. I certainly am not going to make everybody happy, especially those that are part of the establishment. The establishment is coming after me. I mean, 100% started last night, and I need help. I'm going to need help to get through this at nancymace.org. Send money. Because they're coming for me. But um, I would say in my district, you know, they when I express what I did and how I did it, I put a statement out last night talking about this isn't left versus right. This is about telling the truth. And the next speaker that we have needs to be someone who's not going to let the American people down, who will tell the truth and be honest, even when we disagree someone who's going to keep their word that she's as full of shit as a Christmas goose whoever gets the gavel next is not going to be that person 
whoever gets the gavel next is going to find their testicles in an even tight... It'll be a goddamn Gerber baby food jar. Or maybe even just a martini glass with a very, very thin martini glass with a little bit of saran wrap over it. And there will probably be further concessions exacted from that person. I, I, I don't think these people are breathing oxygen. It's what matters. And from South Carolina, when you look a man in the eye and you shake his hand and you keep up your end of the bargain and he violates that promise, there are consequences. Like, I just want someone who's going to be honest and tell the truth no matter what. Sure you do, Nance. Sure you do. Why don't you run for speaker, Nancy? You could be the next speaker, Nancy. Wouldn't that be fun? Matt Gates, scapegoat. Uh, Stephen New York writes, the scapegoating of Matt Gates is just getting greater and greater. I don't think he even knows he's on the chopping block and the GOP caucus will throw him out of the house. By the way, I think I think Hakeem Jeffries did the absolutely right thing. There was no reason to help McCarthy. I think this was a really good piece of politics and has pushed the GOP into extreme chaos. Frankly, as much as Trump as speaker is a horrible thought on one hand, on the other hand, this will place him front and center every day, and I think that's great for Biden. I do just love to see the infighting. I know. Come on. Let's you and him fight. I hope it doesn't hurt too little. Uh, but ponder this for a moment, Steve. Were he to become even interim speaker of the House, every case would probably go on hold. Because there are people who strategically think about these things who are coming up with these cockamamie ideas in order to save the bacon, the very, very fatty bacon, the fatty rancid bacon, the fatty rancid maggot-covered bacon, that's appropriate, of their orange god emperor. Oh, Christopher, don't even. Speaker Boobelhead? Christopher in Oregon says, do you think Corn Shucker will be the next speaker? She's quite qualified. Oh, dear. I hear she's very hands-on. Well, well, well played, Christopher. Well played. At minus the guillotine, this feels a little like, I mean, this, I, I, I don't mean to engage in hyperbole, but this is a gang that is capable of a terror. Meanwhile, today, in lower Manhattan, and there won't be audio, but Adam Klasfeld at the Messenger 
said that during the trial today, day three thereof, Justice Arthur and Goron um, called down one of Nitwit Nero's pettifoggers for what Justice and Goron called performative questioning by saying, you know, there's no jury here. At which point, according to Klasfeld, Nitwit Nero uh, was noisily complaining about the judge's remarks throughout the questioning, but he couldn't uh, he couldn't hear well enough to hear what he was grunting about, and he audibly groaned. But he did point out that, that it seemed rather obvious that Judge, uh, Justice Angoron could uh, hear his complaining in his direction. We, and, and I go back to my previous thesis here. We are only three days into a civil trial with no possible criminal liability. And he can't even keep his shit together on day one and continues to lose it. Honest to God, it's enough to tempt a girl to place a bet somewhere on how many days before he winds up with the Hannibal Lecter mask on and a ball gag. You know, when it gets to Fulton County or D.C. or, again, Southern District of New York or Southern District of Florida. And then, of course, there's the nasty retribution enacted uh, by the uh, by the man, uh, the, the man, the head looking for a swirly. Patrick McHenry of North Carolina stand. What the fuck is wrong with the people who sent him to Congress? We, we get to ask that question once in a while. Um, his first act after this, after uh, uh, gaveling the session out and sending Congress home for a week, His first act was to order that Nancy Pelosi, who again is in San Francisco and has been for the funeral of Diane Feinstein, Senator Diane Feinstein, and uh, As, as well as Steny Hoyer. He, uh, McHenry ordered them to vacate their offices in the Capitol because everybody else has offices in the House office buildings, Cannon, Longworth, and Rayburn. But the minority leader and leaders emerita 
and a few other members of the minority and the majority have offices there as a matter of courtesy and convenience. Well, being a petty little twit and a head in search of a swirly, Patrick McHenry evicted Hoyer and um, Speaker Emerita Pelosi from their offices by this morning, Wednesday, the 4th of October, and ordered that the locks be changed. And he was going to enact some vendetta. And so, Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries' staff jumped into action uh, alongside Nancy Pelosi's staff and moved her out. She cast no vote either for or against McCarthy. But nonetheless, well, the pettiness of the maggots knows no depth, has no bottom. Nancy Pelosi, for her part, said, with all of the important decisions that the new Republican leadership must address, which we are all eagerly awaiting, one of the first actions taken by the new speaker pro tempore was to order me to immediately vacate my office in the Capitol. Sadly, because I'm in California to mourn the loss of and pay tribute to my dear friend Diane Feinstein, I'm unable to retrieve my belongings at this time. This eviction is a sharp departure from tradition. As Speaker, I gave former Speaker Hastert a significantly larger suite of offices for as long as he wished. Office space doesn't matter to me, but it seems important to them. Now that the new Republican leadership has settled this important matter, let's hope they get to work on what's truly important to the American people. Well, yeah, okay. Hunter Biden! And going back just to uh, just to nitwit Nero for a moment. Yesterday, after the gag order was entered, seeing that he couldn't say anything about uh, he couldn't attack a woman because well, that's the kind of guy he is. Uh, he ran to Tripe Social and Triped. Piteously. The bottom line is this is rigged because the judge knows whatever he's going to do. So they defrauded us because he called me a fraud. He called me a fraud and he values Mar-a-Lago at $18 million, And you can't do that. But I have a lot of cash, a lot of everything. I, I was never going to reveal this kind of stuff, but now it comes out. It comes out because a corrupt attorney general sued me for fraud. And the judge already knows what he's going to do. 
He's a Democrat judge. In all fairness to him, he has no choice. He has no choice. He's run by the Democrats. He's a Democrat judge out of the clubhouses. He's controlled, and it's a shame. What's going on here is a shame. Our whole system is corrupt. He said that, well, on the TV. I have so much money. I have so much money. Uh, there's only one thing. Uh, he doesn't. He's $300 million below what it would take to get him on the Forbes list. And Michael Cohen has gone so far as to say he may wind up with a $600 million judgment and he doesn't have the money to pay it. Uh, interesting tidbit. Uh, Stephen New York says the GOP seems to have an affinity for wrestling coaches who either bugger or enable the buggering of students who wrestle. Oh, fascinatingly true. Either, D, uh, either uh, Denny the sweaty wrestler Hastert, or Jim Jacket off Jordan. Must be something about those sniglets, singlets. But there, there are so many subplots to all of this. And uh, on, uh, on the question of the hatred between Matt Gates and Craven McCarthy, it's kind of, I mean, it's it's kind of a one-way street. It feels like. And Politico offered up the theory that maybe it stems from the revelation in Cassidy Hutchinson's book that Matt Gates skeeved and perved all over her. Eventually stalking a cabin she was uh, staying in at Camp David in 2019, at which point he offered some anemic response about trying to get Cassidy to show him the way out, and Kevin McCarthy looked at him and just said, oh, Matt, go home. It was actually Cassidy Hutchinson's cabin, I mean, it was McCarthy's cabin, Cassidy Hutchinson had been invited for drinks. And the line was actually, get a life, Matt, as McCarthy slammed the door in his face. And it's worth remembering that something married 
Matt Gates and just Gatesworth. Another lawsuit was filed at the end of last week, this one in Michigan, seeking to keep Nitwit Nero off the ballot. This one filed by Free Speech for People. The complaint says that Nitwit Nero tried to overturn the election in 2020 and that by virtue of his encouragement of the 2020 or the January 6, 2021 domestic terrorists, that that is participation in insurrection and that the 14th Amendment bans him from running or from holding office. He's, uh, well, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. It is prayer meeting Wednesday, however, and by the way, we are at the halfway point of the program. And we have $300 to raise this evening. Actually, 280 Thank you, Charlie. And it would be great uh, as the plates continue to pass if something jingled in it. So thanks along the way. But it is. It's prayer meeting Wednesday. You remember that cult that Amy Covid Barrett was part of? People of praise. Hmm. It was this sort of hybrid of Catholicism and evangelical fundamentalism. You know, Protestants could be members of people of praise. And Amy Covid Barrett was a is was a member of that cult. And when Nitwit Nero nominated her, immediately there was a full court press on by all the Republicans in the Senate. Now, don't you dare ask her about her religion. And the Democrats dutifully said not a word about her cult membership, even though she had the title in the cult of handmaid. Well, according to a report in The Guardian yesterday, Stephanie Kirschgesner, the reporter, says that, uh, lo and behold, the FBI is presently interviewing former members of Papal of Praise because of a number of sexual abuse allegations over the years. The Guardian report says... The individuals were contacted following a years-long effort by a group called POP Survivors who have called for the South Bend-based sect to be investigated for leaders' handling of sexual abuse allegations. The body, which has 54 members, has alleged that abuse claims were routinely mishandled or covered up for decades in order to protect the close-knit faith group. I'll see that's what happens when you get ecumenicalism between, say, Southern Baptists and Roman Catholics. 
they both have they they both have a predilection for looking the other way at sexual abuse and they're really really good at it it's like i don't know it, it's it's like multiplication it's, it's exponential so they're doing interviews but as uh, as uh, ms kirschgesner notes it remains unclear whether the FBI has launched a formal investigation. She went on to say, at least five individuals were contacted by the FBI and four gave detailed accounts to agents of abusive behavior they allegedly experienced or witnessed. Of course, that investigation could not have taken place under the nightmare reign of nitwit Nero and his hand-picked Attorney General Bill Barr to prosecution. Back to Lower Manhattan, where uh, as far back as day one of the trial on Monday, Justice Arthur and Goron had to tell Alina Habana 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 counsel for the parking garage to lower her voice and despite the fact that Nitwit Nero lied about it and said you can't have a jury jury trial no the trial began with Alina Habana 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 counsel for the parking garage whining about the fact that there was no jury and Arthur and Goron said well you didn't check the box or file a form to ask for a jury trial then she said well you valued Mar-a-Lago at 18 million dollars and he said no never said that either And finally he said, listen, I never said that. And told her to lower her voice. Suzanne Craig of the New York Times, talking on MSNBC, said, his ruling that came down last week said that there have been valuations for property appraisal that put it at that price. It doesn't mean it's worth that. And I just found that really struck me because that's what Donald Trump and some of his lieutenants do. They say a lie and they repeat it over and over and over. And Eric Trump the other night was out tweeting about that valuation saying the same thing. And so the judge, there was a very heated back and forth and vocal back and forth between the two of them at the end of her remarks. And her audience was an audience of one. It was Donald Trump. And she was shouting, shouting. She gets up, was very animated, was practically yelling to the point where after she was done, the judge said to the next lawyer that came up to keep the volume down because it was so loud. Oh, she maybe, you know what, Darlene, you may be right. She may be campaigning to be uh, the next uh, Trump spouse. 
because again, Ms. Craig said she was saying Letitia James should run, run simply to get Trump, and this was just all about this vendetta that Letitia James has, and then she started in on repeating some of the claims they've already gotten into trouble for. Apathetic. Then again, you'd scream too if uh, the potential for uh, the potential verdict that eventually comes out of this case was more money than was than your legal malpractice limits covered. Oh, yeah. Oh, Flavio, get your get your mind out of the gutter. Handmade. Flavio says, I'm sorry, but whenever I hear that word, I want to ask, do handmaids give handsies? And would you want a handsie from a handmaid? Probably not. Wait, does that mean does that mean Clanny Granny is a handmaid? No, the origins of that are much more prosaic. A handmaid uh, is a young uh, like uh, well, like a courtier. And she is a companion to a, a, a higher status woman. I know you know this, Flavio. And so that's why uh, that, that's 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 why Roman Catholics get all weepy uh, considering Mary who, finding out that God has just raped her and knocked her up, says, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. I know. It doesn't really help, does it? And so, um, hey, look, we're well past the halfway mark of the program. If you would like to participate and engage in some conversation, you're mighty welcome to. Um, the stress line is, of course, 844-843-4676. Uh, 844-843-4676. 844-THE-HORN. Or via Skype from anywhere on the planet except like North Korea and Iran and probably Russia uh, you can reach the program live Robin, R-O-B-Y-N Kincaid Horn K-I-N-C-A-I-D H-O-R-N Kincaid Horn uh, send me a contact request we will become contacts in each other's address book and uh, you can call in that way they get good audio that way. Oh, by the way, I had a photo courtesy of uh, Darlene in Connecticut. I had asked about the well-being of the cute little bunny. And Darlene sent a picture along and said, Cute baby rabbit lounging nearby. That's my sneaker in the foreground, so you can see how close she is. Cute, huh? Aw, baby ba baby bunny is adorable. And added, yeah, she's here munching on the grass. 
Um, okay, Brother Deacon Asa with a with, with a uh, clarification, point of order, re handmade. Bubert wasn't so much shucking the corn as she was pulling on it. She was trying to start. <laughs> oh wait a minute. <laughs> Bubert wasn't so much shucking the corn as she was pulling on it. She was trying to start him like a lawnmower. That one's for you, Flavia. Sincerely, BDA. <laughs> oh, that's precious. I, by the way, uh, and apropos of nothing, uh, but I wanted to tell you, I'm not feeling real great. Um... I don't know if it's allergies or I don't know. But I have had a nasty ass cough for about four days. And it's not accompanied by any fever, no aches, no nothing. And it's all up like, you know, in my throat. I sincerely hope that it's not the you know what. I've tried to make sure that it isn't the you-know-what. I recently got a bunch of brand-new masks with, uh, uh, well, they're blingy. They're sequined, even. But they take KN95 filter inserts, and so far, so good. But it, it's it's crummy. Um and rib cage is kind of sore from all the hacking. Makes me really glad to be three years plus without a cigarette. But um, I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go down to the uh, le petit général, uh, uh, général Dalla and get myself a bottle of some kind of cough syrup and go half crazed on it. Just, like I said, apropos of nothing. But some of the pauses are me, you know, barfing up along. Well, there went dinner in the Central Daylight Time Zone. Starting a lawnmower. Okay, uh, BDA, you've been busted. Flavio said that's what Stephen Colbert said on his show uh, Back from the Strike. It's nice it's nice that the strike is over. Now the actors have to sort theirs out. The strike being over was apparently not a great thing by Nitwit Nero's low lights. The bunch of losers are back. Yeah, because poor, poor, pitiful him. And, of course, they all had good fun with that. I looked around to see if there was a clip and didn't find it, but I got up and watched my Filthy Morning Habit today. And I confess... I get it. I get. I get a kick in it. I get a kick out of it when uh, Joe goes off on one of his uh, Southern boyhood tangents. 
and uh, Mika looks on with a with a long suffering gaze. And today they had uh, Chris Christie on. And Joe started out with uh, with a reference to the old Atlanta Braves back when they were not good and made an obscure reference to a former catcher for the Braves named Biff Pokoroba. And my pink little ears perked up because I remember Biff Pokoroba. I was a Braves fan. I remember Bob Horner. I remember Dale Murphy, a guy so clean that he uh, he made uh, he he made Steve Garvey uh, look like an old school sleaze bag, like you know Ty Cobb. Remember they called Steve Garvey Mister Clean. Dale Murphy was even cleaner. But the mention of Biff Pokoroba as Chris Christie was coming on was particularly hilarious because Chris uh, Christie, trying to prove himself a, an ordinary, regular guy, uh, sounding incredulous, said, Vic Pokoroba, Vic Pokoroba, Oh, that's a deep dive. And Christy, not even remotely listening, didn't hear uh, Joe Scar as he said, uh, Biff, Biff Pokeroba. And eventually the folks in the uh, control room found a baseball card fo- photo of Biff Pokeroba. And uh, had great sport with it. Biff Pokorova played for the Braves from 1975 to 1984. He is, um, he would have been 70 years old, just 10 years older than me. Would have been 70 years old um, this past, uh, this past, uh, May or July, he died this past uh, died in May of 2020. Short of his the three years short of his 70th birthday. And just to show you what kind of a sleazy gut bucket Chris Christie is, they showed the picture of Biff Pokorobo with his catcher's mitt in the crouch. With that horrible, those horrible, horrible, every baseball team had them. Those horrible, horrible double-knit uniforms of the 1970s. And Atlanta had this uh, script minuscule A on their hats. And, oh, they were just awful. They, They were worse than the team was. 
But Chris Christie, who sincerely should not criticize anyone's clothing, went on and on and on about that awful hat, that you know, that, those terrible uniforms, blah, 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 blah. And if Biff Pokerobe is sitting home right now, he's, 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 he's wearing that same awful baseball cap and remembering his glory days, at which point Joe Scarborough said, well, sadly, Biff is no longer with us. At which point Chris Christie said, well, it's a pity about old Vic Pokeroba. And finally, Mika, Mika chimed in and said, It's Biff! It's Biff! You couldn't script this stuff. He's a good catcher. He made the all-star team as a reserve. And bless his heart, uh, he came from Burbank, California. Uh, when he when he retired from the game, you know, the, he, he wasn't a gazillionaire, but he ran a specialty sausage shop with his two brothers, Joe and Steve, in Lilburn, Georgia. It was called Sausage World. And they made a, re- a family recipe for sausage that came from his grandfather. He stayed married to his wife for 37 years. Had four kids. And he passed away on May the 24th, 2020 at the age of 66 and no cause of death was provided. I have a feeling as history marches on, we will find no small number of people for whom no cause of death is provided in 2020. It's, but it was it, 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 to me, and this isn't about baseball. This is about the dismissive nature of an odious punk like Chris Christie. And and I, I hope we don't all sit here getting misty-eyed about Chris Christie because he says that Donald Trump should not be president. That no one charged with 91 felonies in four separate criminal cases should ever be president of the United States. That in any other time would be a de minimis statement. It wouldn't be newsworthy. It would be assumed as read. But not in 2023, and not in in this world in which we see the gravest threat to American governance that this country has ever known. And I include the Civil War. I include the Whiskey Rebellion. I include the Second World War. And I think history will agree with me. 
in decades and centuries to come. And it's only, only by the narrowest of margins that we manage to preserve this government such as we, such as it is. And the, uh, the outcome is far from secure. The question is far from answered. And I do, uh, well, I respect and I honor the people who are trying to preserve it. And in trying to preserve it, will say things that need to be said. I think back to the uh, the heartfelt defense of the Assistant Secretary of Defense last week, uh, when uh, the Assistant Secretary, who wasn't even in the room, was viciously attacked by Lauren bobblehead, corn shucker, crank the mower, Obert. But it was still too soft. Like I said, it would have been nice if someone would have called out Lauren bobblehead Boobert and told her that yeah. Someone who just gave a hand job in a movie theater probably didn't have any business criticizing anybody's gender or sexuality. Fortunately, however, in the wake of yesterday's vote, well, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez came in for some criticism for refusing to save Craven McCarthy and the contents of that old mason jar that once held canned squirrel meat. And so one of the people who decided to uh, unburden himself of his thoughts was none other than um, dude bro and former presidential candidate Andrew Yang, who caught the attention of a lot of other dude bros back in 2020. I never... I never fell for it. He's a con artist. But a dude bro like Andrew Yang will always go after a woman. Why did Dems vote along party lines to oust Kevin McCarthy? Not because they thought it was good for the country, because that's what they were told to do. Uh, that's what that's what uh, Andrew Yang said on social media. Well... AOC was having none of it. She said, yes, because strengthening someone who voted to overturn the election 
held the entire U.S. economy hostage, launched a baseless impeachment inquiry without a vote, and refuses to honor his word as what is in the best interest of this country. Do some of you hear yourselves? And later on, she said, does anyone believe for one minute that McCarthy would help elect a Democratic speaker for the institution? McCarthy's hubris is a theme. He loudly stated he wouldn't negotiate with Dems, called virtually none, trashed those who helped with the CR, and then expected Democratic votes for free? It always... It always amazes me, every time I see something from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, it's always erudite. Everything she says is intelligent and fact-checkable. And yet, if you look over on, uh, and don't, I put a lot of money into the into the uh, virtual hazmat suit that I have to put on just to go looking around in the right wing swamp. Not good for you. It, generally speaking, it, requ- it, it, it requires a, sh- a, a shower and bleach and a, a Jeroboam of Mexican gasoline afterward. But it, with a quote like that. The maggots will immediately say, see, look how stupid she is. That's dumb woman. And she's rich now. And she wears fancy clothes. And yet somehow or another, they never find a way to, crit- uh, to critique uh, the, the fashion choices of, say, Marsha 3X Blackburn or Jody Breadbags on My Feet, Hog D Baller, uh, oh, what's her name from Iowa? The Senator. AOC's so fucking dumb. But you cross AOC at your peril. And again, this being uh, this being uh, prayer meeting Wednesday. Oh, thank you, Chris. Chris just jumped in to make sure that we were not a uh, live during the program goose egg, and we're down to two seventy. Thank you. Thank you, Robin, for the additional information on today's news. I try to find things that. Maybe other people haven't quite caught, or maybe see a different angle that a lot of people w- wouldn't necessarily pick up. And over the years, it has served us well. Because this program, tiny as it is, struggle as it does to survive, this little program does manage to be so far out ahead of the curve, it's like we're on a straight road. So thanks for noticing that, Chris. I appreciate you. Uh, by the way, Flavio says, uh, subject line, Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore, Joni Ernst, thank you. I called her Jody. 
like I said, I'm I'm not a, I'm 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 not 100%. Thank you, Ralphs. Joni Ernst, Ralph serving as the Horn ad hoc um, Iowa senator with bread bags on her feet, who's a noted hog deballer research committee. God, that's a mouthful. Thanks, Ralphs. Thank you, Joni Ernst. Uh, but uh, Flavio said, subject line, Drew Barrymore, you'll be gratified to know none of her writers want to come back to work for her. Actions have consequences. I noticed a couple of weeks ago where um, that man whom I do not understand why HBO still gives him a job, that Bill Maher, said... Well, you know, I was going to cross the picket line and everything, but uh, then they decided to get serious with negotiations, so I'm not going to, no, well, it, it, please don't, aw, don't call me a scab. Any longtime dedicated member of organized labor will tell you that a scab is the lowest form of life that lives. And frankly, you know, ew, ew, Bill Maher, just ew. And now, in the aftermath of what happened yesterday, um, the buzzards have landed on the carcass of Kevers McCarthy and have begun doing what buzzards do and picking at him. Enter a maggot from Tennistan representing Tim Burchett. Who said, of course, but he took it to the Lord in prayer as to whether to vote to kick out Kevin McCarthy. Phil Mattingly interview, interviewed him on uh, CNN this morning. It was, well, at least entertaining. To oust him. Listen. He just basically uh, said something that I thought belittled me and my belief system. And, you know, I, I that, that pretty much sealed it with me right there. I thought that showed the character of the man. I said to him during the conversation, I wish you hadn't waited until right now to call me. Well, McCarthy addressed Burchett's claims during a... All right, hold on here a minute. Just just a damn minute. We got a problem here. We, we, got, a, we, got, a, we got a conflict in the Celestial Kingdom. Because my member of Congress is a useless as a screen door on a submarine maggot by the name of Carol Miller. And Carol Miller has numerous, on numerous occasions proclaimed that every time she votes, she takes it to Jesus to see how Jesus wants her to, uh, to, to, to vote. And that's why the voters of the of this district can trust her because when she votes she's voting like Jesus wants 
Well, I heard the roll called. When the roll is called down yonder. No singing, Robin. Not up yonder, down yonder. But she voted for Kevin McCarthy to stay in office, and that means that she took it to Jesus in prayer, and Jesus said, Carol Miller, I want you to vote for that man from Bakersfield. I don't know him, and I don't like him. I care less how he feels. But I'm not going to sit here and judge him. Because I've never walked the streets of Bakersfield. So Carol Miller voted for Kevin McCarthy. But here we have Tim Burchett from Tennistan. Who voted against Kevers McCarthy. Jesus... You quit punking these maggots right this minute, would you? Well, no. Uh, strange and mysterious. The Lord moves in strange and mysterious ways. And, and, and you know, maybe he wouldn't have voted against Kevers. That would have been one more vote if Kevers hadn't, uh, hadn't looked at Tim Burchett and said something. I don't know what he said. But uh, if he hadn't looked at him and said, well, yeah, okay, Tim. Pray in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first. No, that, that ain't nice. To oust him. Listen. He just basically uh, said something that I thought belittled me and my belief system. And, you know, I, that, that pretty much sealed it with me right there. I thought that showed the character of the man. I said to him during the conversation, I wish you hadn't waited until right now to call me. Well, McCarthy addressed Burchett's claims during a news conference last night. Here's that. And and Burchett, always, he's got this look on his face. This He's got this sort of wide-eyed cow looking at a new gate uh, look on his face that says that uh, he would he, he would gladly gladly purchase the satellite falling on his house insurance. Matt in San Francisco. Hey, Matt. Jesus votes. I'm telling you, these Jesus lovers need to get their, G- their Jesus' last name. That's it. Uh, Jesus told uh, Jesus in, 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 uh, in, in Tennistan told Tim Burchett I, I would vote against him. But Jesus who cuts the grass at Carol Miller's house said I would vote for him. Okay, here's uh, let, because Kevers was ever so petulant last night. Nancy told me to do it. Nancy told me to let him have the rule. And if that's the case, I have this mental image of uh, Nancy as a cartoon character in the background going. <laughs> or 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 maybe. The scene from the scene from in front of the castle in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where the French can, uh, where the where the Frenchman looks at the other Frenchman and says, "I told him we've already got one." He said they've already got one. 
I personally like Tim Burchett, and I called Tim Burchett because I read his quote. And Tim Burchett's a friend of mine, which I'm kind of shocked by this. And Tim Burchett, in his quote, said, he's leaning towards no, he's on CNN, but I'm going to pray about it. So I pick up the phone and call him because I didn't think he was already there. I said, Tim, um, I read your quote. You said you're going to pray about it. I want to talk to you about it. And somehow he construes that I'm a Christian. I'm not going to offend somebody. I simply read sure his quote are. back. I thought there was still an opening, and I wanted to talk to him about it. He never mentioned anything when we were communicating like that. Well, Congressman Tim Burchett joins us now. We appreciate you being here. Um, all right, so now you've heard McCarthy saying his version of what happened on the call. As you hear that, would that have changed your vote, sir? Probably not. I, you know, I, heck, I've got a recording of what was said. It was. Hey. Oh, you, it, re- it, you recorded it, it? It was just, but it was between us, and um, you know, and, and but the conversation went on in a in a belittling tone. It was um, everything I, I suggested. I said, well, we, you know, you told us you were going to bring term limits up, and he said, well, that went in committee, and then he, I said, we were out. Six weeks. We were out, you know, September 30th comes around every time. This were basically, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing everything. And it was always, well, that's, that another, was, that's how a that Christian was, says uh, I'm lying. You know, Scalise, or that was somebody else, or whatever. And, I, you know, we need leadership. I don't need excuses. We're, we're $33 trillion in debt. We take in $5 trillion. We spend $7 trillion. We continue with these continued resolutions. And Every every and then we pass one for 30 days and then they told me the last time they said we'll just pass this 30 day one so we won't pass another one and I said you know that's like telling a heroin addict I'm gonna give you heroin to get you off a of heroin it doesn't work that way we are spending our great grandchildren's money we're 33. I love how they always worry about their great grandchildren but they're a bunch of climate change deniers and they really don't care about what kind of planet their great grandchildren live on. They don't give a shit about their great-grandchildren. I mean, but me, I'm kind of a weirdo. But y'all know that. I actually do think down the line. And I wonder. Maybe, maybe it's because from time to time, I get to hold, uh, you know, and, and I don't put the pictures up on social media or anything. But I get to hold in my arms and look into the eyes of an absolutely wondrous little 16-month-old day after tomorrow. And I sit there and I think, you know, I can't wait till you can talk. Because she's already got running down, Pat. I was taught... Uh, I, I was talking to her mama, and talking about the June bug. And she said, oh, yeah, I'd just gotten her out of the bath and gotten her all dried off, and I turned my back for a second, and she was sprinting down the hall. Elbows pumping, legs uh, legs are going. She said, oh, you come back here. And all she did was look over her shoulder. Took off. And, she, and, and, and the first word she ever said to me was, hi, which was appropriate because I'm prone to saying, hi. But you look at that little face. And as bad as I am at mathematics, at simple arithmetic, 
I know that there is a reasonable chance that that little girl is going to see, my God, the year 2102. There's a chance that she will live to be 80. And I know climate change is real. And I know that people like Tim Burchett aren't doing a damn thing about it. And you know what? Climate change has a hell of a lot more uh, likelihood of impacting the, uh, my little June bug's life and every other little baby on in in this country and on this planet, then the deficit. This might be a good time to remind us all that smack dab in the middle of George W. Bush and Dick Cheney's war against the innocent people of Iraq, When the deficit was 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 going up like a thermometer in a heat wave, Dick Cheney, upon being asked about the set the deficit, said, and he spoke the truth. Well, deficits don't matter now, do they? They only matter to a Tim Burchett or a Dick Cheney or any of these other miserable Republicans if there's a Democrat in the White House. And then suddenly they're overtaken by fits of the deficit fantods. It's kind of like immigration. Migrants. Was it 2018? Yeah, I think, or was it 2016? when that that devastating caravan of migrants were headed for the United States. Caravan was. Caravan is modified. Yeah, yeah, okay. When that, yeah. English, can't help it. And no sooner was the election over than suddenly there was no Immigration crisis and never another never another damned word was heard about the caravans. It's enough to make it's enough to make somebody politically cynical. I swear to goodness it is. Climate change, on the other hand, is the is 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 a real deal. Even saw a story earlier today that lo and behold. Even among young conservatives, climate change is proving to potentially be a deal breaker. Because conservative or decent human being, this is the planet they have to live on, and even the conservatives know that the odds of them getting to go and live on Mars and be an indentured servant for Leon Scum are fairly narrow. 
over at the Chicago Tribune, they had a a, a um, an op-ed piece by Susan Atkinson who pointed out that uh, young conservatives like Benji Backer, who's a 25-year-old conservative from Wisconsin, was pretty disgusted with the Republican presidential primary pageant. Uh, Benji Backer is the founder of the American Conservation Coalition, and he said, young people will never vote for a candidate that does not believe in climate change. We're not going away. We're normalizing this as part of the Republican conversation. Republicans deserve to lose if they're climate deniers and don't have a plan. Ms. Atkinson going on to write, some young conservatives are concerned that their party's reluctance to address climate change represents a failure to consider the interests of future generations. Oh, but don't don't you worry. Tim Burchett's worried about the deficit and Benji Backer's own grandchildren. Ms. Atkinson also notes the remarks of uh, GOP uh, Representative John Curtis of a district in Utah who said, I believe strongly that if Republicans don't make climate change an issue, we will lose the upcoming generation of Republicans. The upcoming generation will not be patient with us. This is a deal breaker for them. They will leave the Republican Party over this one issue. And even some, uh, even someone as exalted as his dark majesty Frank Luntz as far back as four years ago said three in four American voters want to see the government step in to limit carbon emissions including a majority of Republicans 55% voters concerns simply aren't being addressed well the, these these are those same uh, Gen Z's that our friend Allie was talking about a, few, a couple of weeks back when she said Gen Z votes and Gen Z is not going to be inclined to vote for Republicans she was talking about within a different context but her point remains it remains valid But in, in uh, also in uh, in addition, as Matt in San Francisco pointed out, oh by the way, they don't care about heroin users either. All you have to do is see the way a respond a, a, a maggot or a Republican responds to oh um, harm reduction programs, you know needle exchanges. Or responds to uh, the idea of making naloxone free and easy, so that people have to don't uh, so people don't have to die of preventable overdoses. Because here in the land of the free and the home of the brave, capitalists, uh, we'd we'd rather we'd rather see fentanyl coming across the border, actually coming through ports of entry like Los Angeles. 
than uh, try to do something to keep fentanyl out of uh, the heroin supply. I know, crazy talk, right? But Tim Birch is worried about our grand, great-grandchildren's money. He wants to spend it. No, no, that couldn't possibly it. Um, by the way, going back to AOC for just a minute, Flavio sent along a uh, post from AOC on uh, that what, that platform that we call Shitter. She said, contrary to how McCarthy's defenders are behaving, men failing up is not a constitutionally protected right. The man made risky decisions and faced the natural consequences of them. I'm not his mom, and my job is not to put pool noodles around hard corners for Republicans. Pool noodles. And just because she cast a vote alongside, and the de- that the Democrats did, cast a vote alongside, Matt, it just get, gets worse. That's not an endorsement of his rotten existence. He just happened to be the vehicle. He just happened to be the gun that Kevin McCarthy loaded and handed him. Oh, dear me, this won't go well. Thank you, Ralphs. Someone took a picture of the back of Nitwit Nero's head. It's not a pretty sight. And with all due respect to members of my gender, no, I'm not going to say it. Uh, Brooklyn Dad Defiant posted the photo. And basically, it's it's his hair, and in the middle of it is a great big empty spot, all pink. Damn, many people are saying that Trump hates this extremely unflattering. Many people are saying that Trump hates this extremely unflattering picture of the back of his fat head in a New York courtroom. It'd be a real shame if everyone reposted this and spread it like wildfire all over the internet. Real shame. Be an even bigger shame if somebody had like a, oh I don't know a, a secret squirrel mole account over at Tripe Social and put it up over there. See how long it took for the mods to take it down. Which would be hilarious on a platform that says that it's founded on truth. I know, I know. Girl can dream. Anyway, back to Tim Burchett. I just, I just, I just want to hear the explanation here. A trillion dollars in debt, and these excuses. Just, you know, I, I just, we need a strong leader, and and I felt like we weren't getting that, and that was just the, I guess that that just pushed me over the edge. Uh, that what I felt like was was condescending uh, of what I was saying. I, I pray about it. I do. I, I pray about everything. I. Because God, God's done me pretty. He's been pretty good to me. He's I'm given me a wonderful, wonderful wife and a daughter, and and um, and I'm I'm incredibly blessed. There's not a lot of Tim Burchett's in Congress. Um, I don't come from money. 
I'm, I'm not a sports star. I'm not a Navy SEAL. I'm not, you know, I'm just a, a guy that just got lucky, I guess, in life. But I, but I do pray about things. And so, um, you know, I, I didn't take that decision lightly. I, I, I prayed about it. That, that, that got lucky in lifeline. Bullshit. No, no. He had help from somebody besides Jesus. A lot of help. I mean, think of any number of tax-exempt right-wing grifts out there that probably pumped money into his campaign. Just as a matter of morbid curiosity, where is Tim Burchett from? I'm going to look real quick. That's why he is... uh, Uh, he was the mayor of Knox County at one time. He was a Tennessee state senator from 1998 to 2010. Uh, he has violated the tenets of his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uh, by getting divorced. He's from the greater Knox Vegas area. And he's, well, dirty. According to his Wikipedia page, in 2006, while a state senator, Burchett failed to report six political action committee checks totaling $3,300. But he wasn't fined. But he was fined $250 in 2008 for failing to to disclose three PAC contributions totaling $1,500. Imagine what he's not reporting now. Uh, he's gone to war against uh, Salvia. We have enough problems with illegal drugs as it is without people promoting getting high from some glorified weed that's been brought up from Mexico. The only people I've heard from uh, 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 from who are opposed to making it illegal are those who are getting stoned on it. He wanted it to be a felony. He wanted people to go to prison for it. It wasn't even an issue. He said, it's not that popular, but I'm one of those who believe in closing the barn door before the cows get out. In certain hands, it could be very dangerous, even lethal. In case anybody's wondering, Salvia is a member of the Sage family. And, of course, to this day, something as simple as cannabis remains illegal in Tennessee. And, of course, when the Covenant school shooting took place, this was the measure of many maggots, especially in Tennessee. Tim Burchett said, well, it's a horrible, horrible situation, and we're not going to fix it. 
Look, he was honest. Republicans aren't going to fix it. They're going to go ahead and let let children be slaughtered in schools forever and ever and amen. But he went on and said, criminals are going to be criminals. There's a problem. All these so-called criminals are lawful gun owners. And then he pulled what I like to call a Tuberville. And my daddy fought in the Second World War, fought in the Pacific, fought the Japanese, and he told me, he said, Buddy, if somebody wants to take you out and doesn't mind losing their life, there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do about it. And Congress ain't got no role in reducing gun violence except to mess things up. And, of course, he's uh, only a member of two carcasses. He's not even a Fedum carcass member. He's a member of the House RV carcass. I wonder if him and Fappy ever go and hang out in the Walmart uh, parking lot and, 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 and uh, grill weenies on one of them little portable uh, hibachi grills that you can buy down, uh, buy down, to the, down there to the Dollar Tree what's next to the Walmart. You know, this kind of context would be handy when, when, when you know, a multimillionaire for-profit media outlet interviews somebody like a Tim Burchett. Uh, now, what, what, what's that, you man of God, you? Uh, since it started coming up, and I just asked God to show me what to do, and I really had two decisions to make. I had to go, am I going to go with my friend Kevin McCarthy, who I felt like hasn't followed through with a lot of things that he said he was going to do, or am I going to trust my conscience? And ultimately, my conscience won out, and that's how I voted. In terms of the path forward, I want to get to that in a second, but just do you always record phone calls with the Speaker of the House? No, no, I don't. It was just Why one did of you those, choose this one? It was just one of those random things because I was in the middle of a meeting with other people, and um, and I just said, let's record it. And so I've got it just just in case I needed it. and Because a lot of times when you're talking to somebody, you, you have trouble remembering exactly what you said, especially in a, oh, under, somebody gave you an a excuse. lot of pressure. And, um, and it's legal. And so it was just one of the... It's legal. wonder what he'll do if they ever decriminalize pot in Tennessee. It's legal. Here. Those things I did, and... And uh, I, and I'm glad I did. I'm not going to do anything with it. That's what I was going to ask. You plan on sharing? No, no, no. I wasn't doing that. It was for my personal benefit, so I could go back and listen. If I made a commitment or if I said something out of line, I want to know. Um, in terms of the path forward, you know, you were talking about the, kind of the, the two options that you were praying over, trying to figure out which way to go. The option you chose doesn't have an end game or an outcome explicitly right now. Well, yeah, using using fancy words like end game and explicitly. Yeah, the issues you prayed over. It, it, this is prayer meeting Wednesday. Can I ask this question? Did he hear God's voice? Because, again, we've talked about this in the past. If anybody but a Christian, and well, I don't know, maybe some other religions, but 
in the United States of America, if anybody but a Christian claims to hear the voice of the Eternal, we tend to suggest that maybe they aren't experiencing the absolute pinnacle of good behavioral health. Of course, I remember when someone pointed that out about Mike Pencil, that geek, uh, hearing voices, and oh, he, he, oh, oh, he got, he got indignant. Oh, he got, he got up in arms. How dare you criticize my religion? Nobody, it, it, no, no, nobody's, nobody's criticizing your religion, Pencil Neck. We're saying that when you tell people you're hearing voices, it's cause for concern. Yeah, especially when you're the vice president of the United States and one heartbeat, well, one hamburger away from the presidency. Yeah, that's enough of Tim Burchett. And by the way, uh, what was it, two days ago? Uh, retired General John Kelly, who was Nitwit Nero's longest standing chief of staff, who finally had enough, took long enough, and simply spoke the truth about the guy that he had served longer than any other chief of staff and managed not to get indicted for being chief of staff. Well, he he said he he finally he he did he in in no uncertain and unflattering terms he talked about what a shit human being um, Donald Trump is. Well, Donald Trump went on his. Uh, Well, he he threw a fit. I'm sure there was some ketchup on the walls. John Kelly, by far the dumbest of my military people, just picked up the theme of the radical left's lying about Gold Star families and soldiers in his hatred of me. I think he typed this one himself. That sentence is all over the place. My own grandmother couldn't diagram it. She was good. He was incapable of doing a good job. It was too much for him, and I couldn't stand the guy, so I fired him like a dog. We, we, we fire dogs? I've never fired a dog. Oh, that's it, Tralfaz. You're fired. I thought he'd make a dog. He had no heart or respect for people, so I hit him hard. Made no difference to me. He's already on record defending me all over the place. Nobody loves the military like I do. Now he finally speaks back by making up fake stories or confirming the made-up stories of the Dems and the radical left. He's a lowlife with a very small brain. I have a very large brain. I was potty trained at ten. I added that part. 
had a very big mouth. Interestingly, before firing him, his wife, who suffered a lot, told me he would never speak badly about President Trump. Wrong! Did he totally lie about another low-life congresswoman, Frederica Wilson? Let them fight that one out themselves. Numerous people are angry and upset because they know they'll never be in a new Trump administration, but only for one reason. They're not nearly good enough. Kelly would be among those at the top of the list. Because like I said, in 2016, I'll only have the best people. Of course, all the best people that I had in 2016 are about to testify me in, against me in four criminal trials in Lower Manhattan, Washington, D.C., South Florida, and, and Atlanta, Georgia. I don't even like Atlanta. I hope they never win another hockey game. I do. I, I try. I try to make light of some of this, but not because I'm underestimating him. We have to see how vulgar and demented he is. Trump says Steve in New York. IDs to buy bread. Fear of Biden starting World War Two. Beating Obama in 2016. Airports during the Revolutionary War. Firing dogs is par for the course. Once again, if your dead drunk old uncle at the, uh, over, uh, over at the far end of the Thanksgiving table here in about a month and a half was to say any of this shit, you would have him in a neurologist's office for a dementia check by Monday. Monday. And that's where the disconnect is with the people who think that he's such a great man. And it's only because their TV channel never goes away from Newsmuck or Onan, the network that spills its news upon the ground, or even Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, and some of those people don't even go there. They go to the really weird places, which is a hell of a thing to note, that there are places weirder than those. Headline, dog unemployment hits new high. Oh, my God, Matt in San Francisco. Thank you. Thank you. Golden Retrievers in Kibble Line. Pitbull chatter heard on Telegram channels. That's a great point, Randy Radar. How many disgruntled employees do you have to have before you might think that there's something wrong with the boss? I mean, eventually, they even turned on Captain Queeg. Even the crew understood that there was probably, that, that, that Captain Ahab was probably not okay. 
Darlene. Horribly badly misplaced modifiers. Remember, Darlene is a professional writer. She gets it. I bet you edit on the fly, too, don't you, Darlene? Horribly badly misplaced modifiers. So Trump fired Kelly like a dog? So Trump is the dog that fired Kelly? Like I said, my grandmother couldn't have died. Granddad, Jesus Christ. That's good. That's wonderful. And there's some January 6th news. The Washington Post reporting uh, today that Shane Jason Woods, aged 45, is up the river for some federal time for about four years. Shane Jason Woods attacked a Reuters cameraman on January 6, 2021. He tackled the cameraman like an NFL linebacker hunting a quarterback after an interception. Wouldn't that be roughing the pass? Yes, right, it's not, it's a, it's a foul. But he wasn't done, Shane Jason Woods, aged 45. He attacked and injured a female police officer by blindsiding her, knocked her off her feet into a metal barricade. The prosecutor said his actions were as cowardly as they were violent and opportunistic. He targeted people smaller than him who did not see him coming. He attacked people who had done nothing whatsoever to even engage with him, let alone harm or block him. Evidence demonstrated that before he left on uh, for the uh, uh, domestic terror attack on January 6th, he spoke to a friend and said, it's going to be biblical. Because it's prayer meeting Wednesday. It's going to be biblical. What would lead a person to say something like that? No, really. I have attended protests in Washington, D.C. A lot of the members of this Horn Family Community Congregation have attended protests, whether it be in Washington, D.C., or New York City, or San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, your own small town. Prior to going to the protest, did any of you, even if you're believers, say, it's going to be biblical? Hmm? I never did. Biblical. I think you only say that if the messaging prior to it has been couched in those terms. I think you only say it's going to be biblical if people claiming the mantle of the Prince of Peace have told you so in advance have suggested that your participation in that domestic terror attack will be something on the order of a crusade. 
the holy war. And if the person on whose behalf you are acting holds the status of a religious avatar, this is the same kind of attitude as, say, people who attack an embassy over someone in their country not being sufficiently obsequious to a religious document or a religious image. This all happened as a result of a guilty plea to charges of assault. He entered his plea in September 2022. It took a year, it took more than a year to see justice done. Prosecutors, using the sentencing guidelines, asked for five years and 11 months. The judge gave him four years and six. I don't understand some of these judges. Well, I do understand. Some of them are maggots. Some of them are sympathetic. But four years and six months will have to do. I wonder how the cameraman's doing. I wonder how uh, the woman serving the Capitol as a police officer. I wonder if she has nightmares of that day still. Oh dear. Good point, Brother Deacon Asa, Shane Jason Woods. Best be careful. The last guy who assaulted and battered a member of the press was chosen to occupy the governor's mansion in Montana for the next four years. Greg Gianforte, you're not wrong. And on the way out the door, um, just another maggot, maybe more than a maggot, probably goes all the way back to the teabagger days, Joseph Vizo in New Jersey, a candidate for New Jersey Assembly. Has uh, fessed up to the fact that, well, uh, Joseph Vizo said that, uh, and this was reported by the New Jersey Globe today, Joseph Vizo said that he was terribly upset about the election of Barack Obama to the presidency. Joseph Vizo did. Back in uh, 2009, Joseph Vizo owned an electrical business that was next door to a building called the Children's Studio.
He's running for New Jersey Assembly. He was charged with criminal mischief, again, in regard to not being able to get along with somebody who owned Children's Studio. Wow. And they came into dispute because the electrician, Viso blared music from his office that could be heard in the daycare center's playground. And it was full of vulgar lyrics that the children could hear. Well, uh, the, the, the person into whom he came, became, with whom he came into, into conflict, Colleen Dolligan, the owner of the daycare center, called police because somebody smeared shit all over the handles and locks of all the doors of the children's studio. A detective named Chris DiCarlo interviewed Joseph Viso. And when he said, listen, there's pictures and video of you doing it. At which point Joseph Viso said, ah, you know, I'm not proud of what I did. I'm not going and interviewed by the New Jersey Globe. He said, I'm not going to defend it. I was wrong. I was a young. Oh, I love it when they do this. I was a young man. It was a horrible time. And I made a mistake. Obama came into office the year before. Oh, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a real peach, this candidate for the New Jersey Assembly. He's got federal and state convictions for drug and gun charges, including possessing a sawed-off shotgun near an elementary school, possession with intent to use drug paraphernalia. He gets sued for not pay, non-payment of bills. And he says, yeah, that makes me a stronger candidate because I'm not holding anything back. I'm not claiming to be a perfect person. It was the lowest part of my life, you know, when I smeared the shit all over the doors of the daycare center. I'd never do that today. Oh, New Jersey friends, please tell me that this guy doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell. Yeah, I was terribly upset because Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, had become, you know, president. Because that's always a defense to smearing feces on doorknobs. But you know I'm all better now. I mean, hell, the, uh, misspent, the, the, the misspent youth defense worked for dim leader who was in his 40s when he got so damn drunk that he drove his car through his own family's plate glass window and uh, challenged his daddy to go mano a mano with him. So, you know, big whoop. 
He's moved on. Everybody else should move on to him. And they say we have drunk derangement syndrome. Wow. So that's the program. Three hour filler robster. I think I'm gonna be I think I'm gonna be very silent for uh the remainder of the evening, make sure I still got a voice tomorrow. Thanks everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Thank you to Charlie and thank you so very kindly to Chris for getting us down to two seventy this evening. Thank you. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Hope the bread came out nicely, Roger. I could practically smell it from here. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, like and subscribe to the podcast, pretty please. Leave a comment. Let folks know you enjoy the program. Thanks to those of you who do leave a comment and like and subscribe. Thanks, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia at a proud union shop. Stay safe, y'all. Schedule your booster. It's time. Get your RSV shot. Get your flu shot. Wear your mask when you're around the maggots and when you're around groups of more than five. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance. And, you know, if Joe Vizo comes down the, down, down the sidewalk towards you, at one, don't shake hands. And two, you know, if he says, uh, yeah, you know, that was the lowest point of my life, avoid him like the plague. Because under the circumstances, he literally could be. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later. <laughs>